Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. No brakes. No brakes. No fear. No fear. The official British Speedway podcast. Welcome along. I think effectively this is the second episode in a week of No Brakes, No Fear. It's been fairly quiet on the fixture front, though. But we have got a little bit of reaction from uh, Monmore, where the Olympique took place, won by Zach Cook. Unfortunately, it is the last one. And yeah, I had a quick look at the names before the meeting and <laughs> there's some, quite some big names in there. And yeah, to add mine in there as the last one, um, yeah, it's pretty special for, yeah, for myself. Also got chats with Rory Schlein and Simon Lambert as well ahead of the second leg of the Championship Knockout Cup final against Poole. Also going to bring you an excerpt of Kelvin Tatum's new podcast, where uh, we're reviewing everything that's been happening in the uh, in British Speedway, but also the Grand Prix, and a uh, little chat about one man in particular. You know, we, we ought to be selling this script to Hollywood, because the Chris Harris story is quite remarkable. And a roundup of everything that's still to come in British Speedway between now and the end of October. All on the way on No Breaks, No Fear. No Breaks, No Fear. The official British Speedway podcast. Welcome along. I'm Ian Brannan, and uh, in this episode, really, we're going to look ahead to all that's coming up in the remaining part of the season and also look back a little bit on the end of the Sports Insure Premiership season with Kelvin Tatum. I've recorded an episode with Kelvin of his own podcast, which will be coming out later this week. So, an excerpt from that to whet your appetite and Kelvin's thoughts. And Kelvin actually releasing, uh, revealing his race of the season as well. Um, see if you can guess what it is, but uh, that'll be on the way in a little while. Um, if you haven't yet listened to our previous episode, because we have, as I say, really done two within the last week, really, um, we had a good chat with um, all the folks at Glasgow Tigers. Peter Vasena, one of the co-owners, and, um, of course, uh, Chris Harris and Lee Complin as well, about Glasgow's title win. So uh, if you're uh, listening to this, expecting us to, to chat about Glasgow, we've already done it in a previous episode. Go back to that previous one just before this in your uh, in your list on your app that you're listening on and you'll be able to catch that there so all things glasgow in the previous episode in this one though we're going to start at monmore where wolverhampton's zach cook was the winner of the club's final ever traditional olympic individual event at monmore green stadium the aussie who was a winter signing for wolves of course and enjoyed a fine first season in the sports insure premiership was one of the standout riders all night long even with the unique handicap racing system in place he still accumulated 11 points from his programmed outings, winning two of his five rides. And in the grand final, his reactions worked superbly as he hit the front before fending off a late charge from Wolves teammate Rory Schlein. Bellevue's Tom Brennan recovered from a hefty fall in his opener to win three of his next outings before securing a rostrum finish with home rider Luke Becker finishing fourth. Well, the winner, of course, was Zach Cook. And Zach has been speaking to Ryan Guest. Well, Zach Cook tonight, obviously the, the last ever Olympic individual here at Monmouth Green uh, no doubt you've seen some of the names uh, on the trophy but how does it feel to, to win that uh, final Olympic here at Monmouth? Yeah, um, as you said it's pretty special um, 
unfortunately it is the last one and yeah I had a quick look at the names before the meeting and there's some quite some big names in there and yeah to add mine in there as the last one um yeah it's pretty special for yeah for myself I know there's still obviously the, the final meeting next Monday, but nevertheless, your first season in, in uh, the top flight of British Speedway here at Wolverhampton, and it's a, a nice way to, to cap that off on an individual basis. Yeah, um, I've had fun here. Um, I didn't know how how well I would adapt to the track at the start of the year when I came here, but yeah, I've loved it all through the season, and yeah, to end it off like this, um, yeah, I'm happy. The unique uh, handicap format as well, uh, probably probably something relatively new, new to yourself as well. How did you find it with these boys on this track? Yeah, it was a bit confusing at the start. Uh, start, but I didn't really know how it worked and um, yeah, it was different, but it was yeah, a bit of fun and yeah, something out of the ordinary, which was good. Yeah, and uh, we've talked about your, your time settling in here um, on, on the track itself, but as a club, what have you made with your time with the Wolves? Yeah, I've loved it. Um, yeah, the team itself, they're a great bunch of lads, and um, we all got on well and had a good year, and unfortunately we missed out in the final, but um, yeah, it was good fun, and yeah, the club itself, the Unreal um, fans here have been so good, and unfortunately, as you said, it is the end of its era, so um, yeah, hopefully next week there's a big crowd here to send it off and for one last time. Yeah, well done to Zach Cook winning the Olympic at Monmore. Not the last ever fixture, though, as was touched on in that piece. The final meeting will be next Monday, bringing down the curtain on an incredible 95 years of Speedway at Monmore Green Stadium. Obviously, there's been breaks in between uh, here and there, but uh, 95 years since the first meeting, and it'll be the last on Monday. The Wheel Meet Again trophy which um, is going to be hotly contested and uh, we'll run through the lineup uh, as it stands for that very soon. But first of all, let's hear from one of the real stalwarts of Wolves over the years. He was riding in that Olympic, but he's also going to be involved in that farewell meeting. Uh, Rory Schlein with Ryan Guest. It's going to be a, an emotional night here next week. Um, it's pretty hard to think that this track's not going to be around after next Monday, isn't it? No, and I think you've seen tonight, you know, we had, you know, for a slick track, we had some good racing and, um, yeah, I, th- I think it's, it's starting to hit everyone and um, I just said uh, on the BBC, I just, it's, I think we've got to treat it a little bit like a funeral in a way, but in a, in a, a celebrational kind of way, you know, no doubt people have been to um, funerals before, but I just think this one, you know, we celebrate what, what we've had. Yeah. Um, we know we can't have it anymore. Um, and I think that's just the way we should, should you know, spend that night. And uh, as long as everyone's safe, everyone has a good time, you know, I think everyone will, will enjoy themselves. Whether as a home rider or an away rider, you've always enjoyed your battles and your, and your visits here. Oh, <coughs> yeah. <laughs> as an away rider, especially riding with Cov, you know, this was the hardest place. And we, we were always told, as a Coventry rider, this is the fixture. Um, you know, that was the derby. And, you know, I've had some right battles with PK, Michael, Freddie, um, uh, Ty, you know, so like this was always, always a hard place to come to, but um, I enjoyed it every time as a home way rider and as a home rider. Always so glad I got the opportunity to ride um, here with with CVS and Pete. Um, you know, I don't regret it and uh, have enjoyed every minute of it. Yeah, and like you say, um, a lot of memories for, from this track as well on the, the Wolves front. I know you came in in 2017, obviously the, the, the grand final heartache and haven't quite managed to, to, to get near it since uh, a couple of disappointing uh, semi-final exits. But nevertheless, it's always been a, a solid outfit you've been a part of, really. It's been part of the makeup, really. Pete and CVS just put a team together that are always there. Um, yeah, I think we could have, should have accomplished a bit more. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I've enjoyed every year that I've ridden for them. Uh, whether, you know, we've bowed out in the, in the semis or, you know, especially the 2017 one, that, was, that hurt for a while, that stung for a bit. Um, but at the end of the day, that was just part of what Wolves is about. And, uh, you know, I still remember that year. We lost Freddie, we lost, we lost Jacob, and, but we still banded together and we went to Swindon and beat Swindon, you know, and we just... You know, unfortunately, they did it to us in the return leg. So, yeah, for me, many great memories. I had my farewell here. Yeah. Um, but when I came here, like, as a Coventry rider, I know in the past there's been riders from Cov to come here. You know, the fans just took to me straight away. It wasn't as if, you know, I had to earn, like, earn their respect or earn it. They just sort of knew as soon as I put the, the Wolves jacket on that I was going to give, you know, everything. And, uh, 
you know, I'd like to think I'd become a bit of the furniture and, and um, you know, like a comfy old seat. So it's going to be a shame, but, you know, we'll enjoy the next meeting. And on a separate note, obviously you came back from retirement, made the decision to pick up the phone to, to Wolves first and they brought you in here. So looking ahead to, to, to next season now, any early thoughts in mind? Uh, not really. Um, I've sort of just wanted to get to the end of the year. I've uh, been very busy. Um, struggled a little bit with, with logistics, but, you know, I think we'll get to the end of the season, going on holiday in a couple of weeks. So go there and, and see what I want to do. But, you know, after tonight, you know, that sort of reignite, reignites the fire a little bit. Um, can mix it with the young lads and uh, we'll see. Um, I'm in no rush really to, to, you know, delve straight into to see what we're doing next year yet. So not not ruling out premiership racing, but a, a chance of seeing what comes your way, maybe? Maybe. Um, I think it, it, it's British Speedway. I think in the top flight's in a bit of a here and there sort of state. So... Um, if something comes along and, and it's right for me, then then I'll consider it. Rory Schlein, who, uh, of course, uh, a Wolves legend, and uh, from what he's saying there, I think we can assume that he's likely to be part of the farewell to Wolverhampton Speedway on Monday coming up. That's the 23rd of October. Uh, the premise of it is uh, the 2023 Wolverhampton Wolves versus a team of Wolves at heart. So uh, a, a lot of riders involved with a connection with Wolves over the years. Uh, we can tell you that Jakob Torsell and Kyle Howarth, uh, who won the league with Wolves in 2016, uh, are definitely involved in that. Uh, the full lineup will be revealed uh, very soon indeed. But, uh, you know, a lot of uh, riders with a Wolves connection involved. Something very important, though, about this, that if you fancy going to this fixture, you need to have bought a ticket at another match sometime this season. And this is because of the reduced capacity that Wolves have now uh, from the council. So it's what they don't want to do is, you know, the hardcore fans, the ones that have been there all the time, not be able to get in at the expense of people who have come from across the country who have never been there before because they want to be part of this particular event. So I know if you've always wanted to go to Wolves and go to Monmore, uh, you might be disappointed about that. But if you can produce a readmission ticket that had been issued during this season to any meeting, uh, then um, that's who's going to be getting in. So really it's for, for people who have been to previous meetings. Under normal circumstances, of course, they would love to welcome as many people as possible, but there is a limit on how many can get in uh, and they don't want the long-standing, you know, loyal supporters denied entry uh, on what's going to be a very emotional evening as well. So uh, that is the situation for uh, the farewell to Wolves meeting, which uh, it's the final event ever at Monmore on uh, Monday. And good luck to everybody who's going to be lining up and taking part in that. So from one fixture involving Zach Cook to another, because switching tack to the Cab Direct Championship, uh, the Knockout Cup in the Cab Direct Championship still very much up for grabs between the Scunthorpe Scorpions and the Pool Pirates. And Scunthorpe edged a four-point advantage at the halfway stage of the Championship at KO Cup Final. 47-43, the home side won over the Pool Pirates on Sunday. Neither side could record a single 5-1 throughout the first leg at the Eddie Wright Raceway, with the Scorpions seeing an early advantage of six points pulled back as the Pirates levelled by Heat 10. Two home for twos followed in the next two races with the final three shared leaving the tie in the balance for the return to Wimborne Road uh, which is going to be on Saturday now what with the storm coming in and everything so Saturday for that where the Scorpions uh, uh, total scores of 41 and 45 on their last two visits of course the last visit uh, went down to a super heat between the two teams as well so finally poised Ryan Douglas top scored for Scunthorpe with 13 whilst reserve Drew Kemp notched 10 plus 1 and Zach Cook that man again collected an impressive 14 points from six rides for the Pirates with Richard Lawson on 10. And Zach Cook, we heard from him earlier, but uh, also speaking about that uh, fixture, the second leg between the Pirates and the Scorpions. Can the Pirates hold on to the knockout cup, which they've won for the last two seasons? They were trying to make it a hat-trick. Here's Zach Cook with Ryan Guest. Well, Zach Cook looking ahead to the uh, second leg of the Knockout Cup final in the championship, uh, trailing by four points. What are the boys' thoughts heading into the home leg? Yeah, we knew um, we just needed to keep it close up at Scunny. They're obviously a solid outfit around there. And, um, yeah, if we kept it fairly close, we know what we're capable of doing at home anyway. And, um, 
yeah, it's not over yet. So, yeah, just go back down at pool when, on Saturday and try and get that, that um, lead back in the first heat. Yeah, obviously you've said you, you know what the, the Pirates are capable of around Wimborne Road, but in that uh, semi-final group, uh, Scunthorpe also show, showed their liking for the place as well, didn't they? Yeah, that's right. Um, you can't count anyone out really, but um, yeah, if we're all sort of clicking on the one night, we're more than capable of it, you know, but we're running the six-man team at the moment with Anders out, but um, yeah, just everyone chipping in, doing their thing, we should be right. After the, the disappointment of the, the grand final against Glasgow, how not nice was it to have, to have a meeting afterwards, but nevertheless to be able to, to get back out on track and uh, take out a, a few of the frustrations at least? Yeah, that's right. Um, obviously not, that meeting didn't go to plan, um, but yeah, it was nice to sort of get out there and sort of try and forget about it and not have to think about that for four months. But um, yeah, sort of put that behind us, but it's probably a bit of fire we needed for this knockout cup to... We want a bit of revenge and yeah, get one more trophy at least for the year. Yeah, I was going to say, BSN series already in the bag and uh, like you say, it would be a, uh, a nice way to finish the season because the, the, there has been a lot of positive stories to, to come from the Pirates this term. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, we topped the league and yeah, the BSN trophy but um, fell short of the league. But um, yeah, try and do what we can, the knockout cup and yeah, give the fans something to be, be happy about. Zach, wishing you and the Pirates all the best. Thank you. The Pirates looking to make it back-to-back wins in the Knockout Cup in the Cab Direct Championship. Standing in their way then, the Scunthorpe Scorpions. And, um, well, they've got a slender advantage, which, based on their last appearance at Wimborne Road, that would have been enough, actually. And uh, surely the Scorpions, with uh, you know some good close fixtures at Wimborne Road earlier this season, must fancy their chances. Here's captain Simon Lambert. Well, Simon Lambert, first and foremost, it was a four-point win over the Paul Pirates in the Knockout Cup final at the Eddie Wright Raceway and a, a nice way to end off the home campaign there. Yeah, you know, first time this year we beat Paul at Scunny, so about time really. Shame it wasn't the time before and we could have made the final for the playoffs, but always next year, you know, and uh, listen, four points is four points. It's a lead at the end of the day. We're effectively on the front foot the way I see it, so um, we're not, you know, we're not going there. Everybody expects us to do well because we're like the best visiting team there this year, but each day life, every speed I mean, it's all different in it, you know. So um, a lead's a lead, but yeah, we're going there confident and we'll see what happens. Yeah, like you say, every day is different, but you have got to take some confidence from your previous performances, particularly that semi-final clash at Wimborne Road. Yeah, of course, you know, but um, it's not anything in it, you know. You look at Glasgow last time they went to pull, they got thumped and then only lost by four this week. So. It is what it is, you know, but we're going there, we're confident, we've got a job to do, we all know what job it is to do, and um, yeah, we're all up for it. Nevertheless, it would be nice if Scunthorpe could be delivered some success at championship level once again. Of course, mate, you know, uh, it's about time we put Scunny back on the map and uh, in the town for him, and obviously I'm captain and I'm so proud of that, and I wear, wear my arm my sleeve with Scunny and see myself there for a long time, so obviously I, I lift that trophy, mate, and I've been, I've been practising. Yeah, and just how much does it feel that, that, that obviously it has been a, a step in the right direction for the Scorpions this season at, at second tier level? It's been massive, you know. It's um, everything, you know, not being rude, everything comes at an expense, doesn't it, you know? Rob wouldn't hide that, but, you know, we've, we've had the best number one in the league, um, you know, and I think obviously we all know Dougie's not with us next year and we wish him well in his success, you know, that the boys going places and he's the sort of guy that will remember people like Rob Godfrey and. Scunthorpe Speedway so respect that and best wishes to him but you know um, Rob and his team will work hard to you know how do you replace Dougie but it's not all about one rider is it you know um, it's a bit of talk at the minute and this and that so yeah it's, it, the future's bright I think for Scunny and um, yeah it's exciting times ahead for sure Brilliant stuff as always. All the best for Saturday. Cheers, guys. Simon Lambert, Scunthorpe captain. Well, there will be a difference at number one for the Scunthorpe Scorpions next season with the announcement that Ryan Douglas is going to be leaving the Scorpions and indeed championship-level Speedway as well to focus on commitments elsewhere as he looks to progress his career further. Here is Ryan Douglas explaining his decision. Yeah, well, I'm going up a league next year in Poland to first division and uh, yeah, obviously it's... Uh, it's another step and if I can make that work then it's a big thing in my career and with racing on Friday at Scunthorpe just makes it hard obviously racing on a Saturday or Sunday in Poland can't really spend the time out there you need to to, to beat your best so yeah it's not that I wanted to leave but uh, yeah I'm just taking that gamble and, and trying to kick on with my career a bit. 
So looking at the week ahead then, the Pool Pirates have uh, delayed the second leg of the Championship Knockout Cup final then. It's happening on Saturday at Scunthorpe. Uh, another fixture that's bit the dust is the Alan Graham Memorial, also set for Wednesday. That has been postponed and uh, looks like it's unlikely to be restaged anytime soon because the next fixture at Birmingham will be the Under-19 Championship, which will be next Wednesday. Uh, another fixture for your calendar as well. Uh, remember this, the Championship Chip Jubilee League. Uh, the final for that was held over from last year, of course, because we ran out of time. Um, that is finally going to happen. The 2022 Championship Jubilee League final between the Pool Pirates and uh, the Leicester Lions will be getting underway. Uh, next Wednesday, that's the 25th of October at Wimborne Road. So something to look out for there. Uh, that is going to be an interesting one, actually, because they are going to have to build teams specially for the event. So um, what's going to happen is uh, Leicester are building a team to championship level with a points limit of 40 based on start of season averages versus the current Pool Pirates. So uh, that is uh, basically how it's it's going to work. But that will be next Wednesday uh, to uh, finally get that one uh, over the line between uh, Leicester and Pool. So one to watch out for there for your diaries. You see, it's uh, it's there and uh, we'll get it done. Um, OK, in the next part of No Breaks, No Fear, we're going to have a catch-up with Kelvin Tatum. Um, this is an excerpt of his own podcast, which is going to be coming out later this week uh, with myself and Kelvin and uh, having a chat, really, about this you know, end of season, really. We talk about the Grand Prix in the full podcast, but in this bit, I'm just going to share with you the, uh, the chat about the, the Premiership and British Speedway in general. So uh, we'll catch up with Kelvin in the next part of No Breaks, No Fear, the official British Speedway podcast. No Breaks, No Fear, the official British Speedway podcast. Welcome back. I'm Ian Brannan, and uh, in this section, we're going to hear from Kelvin Tatum. Now, I do another podcast called Tatum Talks with Kelvin Tatum and myself. And uh, there's a new episode of Kelvin's own podcast coming out later this week. So uh, look that one up. Just type in Tatum Talks Speedway in uh, any of your podcast apps, and, and hopefully you'll find it. Um, so I'm going to play a section of that now. We, we cover all the Grand Prix stuff, uh, how things ended, uh, Smarslick getting, of course, thrown out of that meeting, and the wildcard picks for next season, and all that stuff is in Kelvin's own podcast. That'll be out later this week. This section is uh, largely focused around the uh, the Premiership and, uh, and British Speedway. And we start off by talking about Bomber. Who else? Chris Bomber-Harris, playoff Bomber. Is there a finer rider at this time of the season than Chris Harris? And the hand he had in really solving things at the end of the season, because, of course, you couldn't make it up that Bomber would end up with a winner's medal, having then ridden also for Ipswich, and then before that, having a hand in uh, chucking out of the playoffs the side that he was let go from when riding for Peterborough, and that cost um, Leicester their place in the playoffs and uh, we start by chatting about playoff bomber with Kelvin Tatum we ought to be selling this script to Hollywood because the Chris Harris story is quite remarkable and we'll go into that in a bit more detail but yes the way Ipswich actually clinched their spot in the top four was extraordinary Leicester I think Leicester sort of sort of panicked a wee bit when they got beaten by Ipswich when we were there and they'd been on a run of eight victories and then they got beaten and then they made some team changes and they really sort of lost their way and they lost their rhythm. And then to go to Peterborough where Peterborough needed to beat them by, what, 24 was it? I think it was 24 points on aggregate or something like that. Yeah, it was um, a 24-point lead. They needed to get to 34 points on the night. Uh, that, was, that was the mark they needed to get to. They didn't do it. And obviously it was dramatic stuff. And, of course, a rider that had been released, Chris Harris, by Leicester, then obviously he helps, you know, you couldn't write that. Then he knocks them out. So Ipswich getting in, it was quite a fantastic journey. They then, they then go on and win the Knockout Cup against Sheffield. So they're on a high. Um, the first Monday, the first leg of the first semi-final is rained off. So the first leg ended up being on the Thursday. And Ipswich, in challenging conditions at Foxhall Heath, put in a really good performance. They looked like they were just going to 
walk it. You know, 18-point lead after the first leg. To be perfectly honest, a lot of the Bellevue boys just didn't get to grips with it at all. And then the following Monday, obviously, we had a double header because we had Sheffield racing at Mommel Green. We were keeping an eye on that. And in truth, I was a bit disappointed that I wasn't at Monmore Green because I fancied that um, Ipswich were going to win relatively comfortably with the lead they had. Um, as it turned out, it was quite a remarkable night. Um, they went 22 points behind after four races, Bellevue. And when we went to Heat 15, there was just two in it. And Heat 15 at Bellevue was the race of the season. Incredible race. Kurtz, Bewley, Saifutinoff and Doyle. What a speedway race that was, and what a way to conclude it. And Ipswich hung on and got through by, again, again, they got in by the skin of their teeth. You know, it was just it's staggering stuff. And then, of course, Sheffield, with this patch-up team, guess galore, they beat the Wolves by 10 points at Monmoy. So the semi-finals were unpredictable, dramatic, um, and... Exciting, whereas the previous season they, they hadn't been. But um, so, yeah, there we are. We've got Ipswich and Sheffield in the final. And I think Bellevue would feel, Bellevue would feel gutted, I think, because having had such a good regular season and then to come, ju just come up short, I would think that they must have felt, they, they were, must have been down in the dumps about that. Yeah, and then we moved on to the semi-finals. And of course, Ipswich march on and Ipswich uh, had a job to do against the Bellevue Aces, which again, another close meeting that that turned out to be as well. Sheffield faced Wolves home and away. But the real story was injuries that, that came into, well, to all, all sides really in some respects, I think, uh, through the course of the season. But particularly, of course, Sheffield, uh, who lost, I think it was five riders uh, all in all, um, particularly with um, Jack Holder, who was replaced by Ty Woffenden, both suffering big injuries on, on you know on world level events. Tobias Musilak with with a broken leg, massive injury at the end of the season. Um, you also had Klaus Vissing out with with a knee problem. Dan Jilks, of course, still out as well. So really, the side was decimated. Um, Robert Lambert came in to the Sheffield Tigers. And of course, that went down in different ways in different parts of the country, really, with the Bellevue fans saying, oh, it's interesting now that uh, it's okay for them to ride in the, in the playoffs. But of course, it was a completely different set of circumstances. Um, and then, who else do you call on for the grand final? But that man again, Bomber, playoff Bomber, back to the rescue. <laughs> exactly. And, and Chris Harris, you know, he, he actually helped him mm. switch through <laughs> to, the, to the final. And then, of course, he's, he's, he's actually then racing against them in the grand final shootout at uh, Allerton on the second leg. I mean, he, he, he just, it's, he had, and, and what a performance. He was brilliant at Foxhall Heath on that first leg against Bellevue. He scored a whole, with Jason Doyle out. And he did remarkably well. He did the door, he did the, the job that Doyle was going to do. He then did, um, a great job. Of course, um, riding subsequently, but then, you know, like I'm, I'm thinking, well, Ipswich have got this lead. Sheffield were a bit shell shocked after that, you know. I mean, they looked a bit down in the dumps. Fair play to them; they never threw the talon. They were immediately on the front foot at the conclusion of the first leg. I was listening to Josh Pickering in an interview. Simon Stead, this isn't over, and they remained very upbeat. And by golly, did that! proved to be the the case because they came out all guns blazing in very challenging conditions. The rain came down throughout the evening in Sheffield and they just kept coming at them. And really by about heat eight, Ipswich needed to try and steady the ship. They needed a heat advantage at that midway point just to stem the tide of what the, the Tigers were throwing at them, but they couldn't do it. They just couldn't do it. And, you know, brilliant performances from Chris uh, Chris Holder had had a nightmare first leg. He turned up in the second leg. He rode out of his skin. Pickering was brilliant. You know, Lambert was doing his scuff. And that man again, what's his name? 
His name is Chris Harris. Chris Harris is out there doing his stuff. Difficult night. It's raining cats and dogs. Harris doesn't care. He's just giving it his all. So um, this huge turnaround and a dramatic finish. And fair play to the Tigers. Never won it at the highest level. They managed to do it. You had to feel for Ipswich. It was like deja vu, but they couldn't quite save the day in the end. Um, but uh, in difficult conditions, Ian, that was a pretty pretty decent way to finish the season. Pretty, and, and the score chart, the scoreboard kept it really exciting. Chris Harris has had a tremendous season and we had an interview with him uh, last week where we talked to him about you know the playoffs. I mean, he's, he's, he's great. You know, most meetings, isn't he? You very rarely see him have a bad one. But um, we said, what is it about the playoffs? And he, and he said, you know, he sort of likes the, a bit of added pressure. Sort of brings out the best in him, really. And he's had a terrific season, and he's performed in the high pressure environments. You know, he won the um, the championship pairs the night before Cardiff with Ben Basso riding for Glasgow um, he's won the league title with Glasgow in the championship he's also helped Sheffield win the um, premiership title as well I know he only rode for them for one meeting but it was a big meeting came second in the world in the long track as well I think this is one of the best seasons that he's ever had really Chris Harris and he really performs in these in these high pressure uh, environments. Absolutely and he's proven it it's not just like in the last year or two. I mean he's been doing this for over a decade. I remember when Coventry won the league I think it was back in 2010 he did it then. I mean he just becomes a gladiator. He just just he just ups his game. It really gets the juices flowing for him. And he focuses in and he produces some stunning performances and real, you know, that bulldog really, you know, never say die attitude really comes shining through. He's not, he actually relishes the challenge of a playoff rather than being intimidated by it. And I think um, uh, that's why he's always in, clearly like this year, very high demand. It does then make you wonder why he was released by Leicester. Do you know what? I, th- I think it was a numbers game and I think, um, with the loss of, of Nick Morris, which is where it all stems from. And I don't think Leicester would have made any, or certainly any major changes uh, were it not for um, that Nick Morris situation that came along and, and one thing led to another. And to make the averages fit, I think they just juggled things around. I think Stuart Dixon has sort of said in since then that maybe, maybe he might... Maybe he might not make that decision again if he had his time again to do that. I would, I would be pretty confident on saying that he wouldn't. Um, I think the changes he made didn't work. Craig Cook and Richie Worrell coming in, they didn't set the world on fire. Cook obviously had his had his own personal issues, and that just didn't happen. Uh, Richie Worrell, steady rider, probably feeling that he probably thought that he would do a better job than Harris. You know, in Stewart's defence, I would suggest that that Chris hadn't had a great run at um, Leicester. I think he was finding it difficult adapting to the the track, his home track. But, you know, it's so difficult. You know, in hindsight, you'll probably think, well, crikey, I I did the wrong thing there, particularly when you look at the form at the back end of the season. But Harris is one of those guys, he he never knows when he's beat. He's always going to be trying. Um, So there we are. But, yes, Leicester obviously had... You know that you can't legislate for riders sort of failing drug tests, um, and that made it awkward. But possibly a little bit more patience at that time may have proved to be. But they had other riders like Sedgman sort of lost a bit of form as well. And you know, to me, they just after having had that fabulous run, they just seemed to stall a bit. And that, and obviously Morris then being withdrawn seemed to unsettle the team. Yeah, and and that was really where it all stemmed from, as as I mentioned before. And uh, Peterborough ultimately having a say in that, and uh, that brings us nicely on to a couple of clubs that unfortunately we're not going to be seeing uh, in action next season. And obviously the hope is for them to one day come back sooner than later. And I know that there's a big plan with Wolves to to get that underway as soon as possible, but it won't be in time for next season. So they're effectively at this moment having a year out while they they sort out their future. Uh, Peterborough, there's been a lot written about them. Um, 
let's talk about those two clubs because always sad when when clubs disappear, but particularly the size of those two clubs in question. Um, you know, league winners in in recent times as well, uh, leaving the uh, the Premiership. Yeah, exactly, and 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 it's it's not good news. We've sort of been. Peter has been on the sort of a bit of a rocky foundation for some time, shaky foundation for some time. Um, so I don't think that was such a shock. Although, as you rightly say, there is still a question mark about it. There is a possibility that, that it may continue. Um, we will wait and see on that. Monmore, racing at Monmore Stadium, no. And that was a massive shock for that stadium and Chris Van Stratton to be informed just as the season was starting that he had to vacate at the end of October. Um, I'm sure that was devastating. And um, I, I, I feel for Wolverhampton, you know, they are a successful team, a professionally run outfit. So um, let's hope that they can find a new spot and they can come back in years to come. You know, what frustrates me about, Places like Coventry and maybe potentially now Peterborough, the showground, if they sit empty and then nothing happens there for years on end. We had it at Oxford where the place didn't have Speedway for 15 years and now all of a sudden it's all up and running again and, and you sort of question why, 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 you know, circumstances, it just seems frustrating that we couldn't have continued to race in those stadiums. Um so, yeah, not ideal because we would then go down to five teams for the Premiership. So then you have to start thinking about who potentially might come up into the league. Birmingham is being rumoured to come up into the league. That's I've heard that more than once or twice. You'd, like, you'd probably look at maybe potentially it's a, it's, a, it's a Midland spot not that far from Wolverhampton. It gives those fans an opportunity to see Speedway on a regular basis. Um, maybe some of the riders will go there as well. But um, ideally, you could, you know, we really want more than six, really, Ian. I think, from my point of view, I, I'd like to think that you could get eight, ideally. But whether teams like Paul, Glasgow, Oxford will come up. Only time will tell, but I would think all these scenarios will be considered. Well, we had um, Peter Fasena on the official British Speedway podcast last week and he confirmed that uh, Glasgow will be staying in the championship. I know that from speaking to Danny Ford as well that there's no appetite for the Pool Pirates to go back to the top level of Speedway either. Oxford, I think there is potentially some interest there. Um, whether they're going to act on it this season or not, I don't know. But um, certainly, I think um, you know, if, if, if of those three, if if any of them would, I think it probably would be Oxford first. Yeah, and Oxford talking to Scotty Nichols, who I've been working with throughout the season on the TV. He rides for the Cheaters. He says it's a smashing place. You know, the place has been knocked back into shape. It looks good. Um, nice little track, so don't see any concerns about stepping up in that regard. It's just whether they, they fancy to do it. I'd like them to come back up because it's nearer my home. It's not such a long journey. <laughs> yes, there is definitely that. <laughs> <laughs> Purely from a selfish point of view. I don't, I don't agree entirely with Peter Fasena's view on that the Speedway public will come um, anyway and people outside... Um, don't know who Ty Wolfenden is or Jason Doyle is. I don't subscribe to that entirely. There is no doubt that at every venue Saifutinoff and Doyle go to and Ty Wolfenden, they put bums on seats. They put bums on seats. Damien Bates, he said that there was a significant rise in the attendances at Allerton and everywhere they went because Wolfenden was riding. So bum, uh, stars put bums on seats and I think in Glasgow, they would get an upturn in their crowd if they had a Saifutinov or a Janowski or a Wuffenden up there. I don't doubt it. And I think it would generate an excitement. Yeah, uh, well, it, it, it would. And, and they have actually at Glasgow, they, they have 
um, had polls before. Obviously, Marsha Novak has been with them for uh, for a couple of seasons, and and that has brought in undoubtedly some some Polish fans. I'm sure Vadim Tarasenko's done a similar job as well. So um, I'm I'm sure that it would bring in it. I think it's just versus what they would normally get when they're competing against football matches and stuff like that. Maybe is that is also the other question too. Um, if Glasgow ever did move up to the top league, Kelvin, I mean it's a long way for you to go. You'd have to fly, get the old private jet. Oh, oh no, without question, I'd have the private jet all fueled up and and rearing to go. I think I'd just pop down to Shoreham, Shoreham five minutes down the road, and and just pop along. No, that would be a flight, definitely. But I'd I'd love to go back there. We went there a few times when I was working with Sky. Fantastic stadium. The Facenas have done a brilliant job there. They invested heavily. Um, and they take it seriously. And, and I admire a lot of what they do at Glasgow. I really do. And I'd love to see them in the Premiership. I just think that if they came in the Premiership with a top rider like a Janowski or or a Wolfenden, that type of rider, I think that they would see an upturn in, in crowds. But I get the race night also. It's a valid argument. You know, people want to go at Fridays or a Wednesday. They don't want to go on a Monday or a Thursday. Um but uh, how that can be overcome, I'm not entirely sure. That's that's not for me to decide. But um, I would like to see Glasgow in the Premiership because for the reasons I've already stated, it's a good place, good track. They get good racing there. It's exciting to watch Speedway there. So um, you imagine seeing Saifutinov, Doyle, Janowski uh, and another, you know, Chris Harris in 8.13, you know, on a, on a, on a Premiership night. That would be exciting stuff. But... Um, sounds like we're going to have to wait for that. Yeah, they, you know, they, they have done a, a, a huge amount of work. And I saw a video uh, on YouTube f- from Glasgow, say, 10 years ago. And, and the place was just, you know, overgrown around the back of the, the track. Now they've got this nice pits area. It's all done up. There's standing seat. They've got seating on the on the third bend now, which was never there before. Terrific venue. And they're actually developing it yet further um, the they were sharing it with the football club. Now the football club have moved out, so it is going to be purely a, a speedway or a motorsport venue now. And they're actually over the course of this winter, they're going to rip up the infield and they're going to put in a training track inside the main track. I think it's going to be a two hundred meter track on that infield, you know, for kids and and, and youngsters or, or anyone uh, to to come along and and practice and and learn speedway. And they're they're launching a, a speedway academy at Glasgow that's going to run there, and in the hope that they can create their own talent that way, and um, and not necessarily have to scour scour everywhere to to, to find the best riders and and have a natural sort of production line in in time. And I think that's fantastic. You know, that that sort of initiative in the club and the way they're forward thinking, I think, you know, it's long overdue. And as I say, I credit the Facenas for doing that. And I, I like the fact that they have remained enthusiastic. You know, they came in some time ago when we went there and they, they spent all that money and they put a lot of effort in behind it and it paid off. You know, it was exciting times going there. So who knows? I'd like to think in the future that we would see them at the highest level, challenging, you know, at the playoffs and, and going for a league title. It, who knows? But um, fair play. They, they've won the championship for the first time. Uh, they had to grind away at that. They were knocking on the door for a long time, but they've finally come through. So, um, And that man, Harris, at the forefront of everything. Um, and certainly a special, a special moment for him to clinch that as well down at Poole. I don't know if you've seen the videos, actually. Chris Harris is not known as Bomber anymore. He was he was telling me uh, when I did an interview with him last week that he's now known as Cruiser's dad, which is his son, who's three. Um, Cruz Harris has been getting some bike time. He's got a little uh, electric, uh, sort of these Revy bikes, electric, basically he's treating it like a Speedway bike. He's got um, a three-year-old's size uh, Great Britain race suit made. Uh, he's got his helmet, he's got his goggles, and he's been out at a few of the meetings at the Peterborough Farewell. He, they let him do um, a couple of laps on his little bike around Peterborough before and went from the tapes and everything, and the whole crowd was cheering him on. And now he's got a taste for it. He turns up at events, he's signing autographs, um, he's asking where his pit bay is, and uh, <laughs> w- wants to get changed Brilliant. in the changing rooms with everyone. So he's uh, certainly uh, 
a chip off the old block and uh, <laughs> maybe the next, we're going to be seeing more Harris in Speedway over the years potentially there. Oh, it sounds very much like it. I think he'll probably be doing the SGP4, SGP3, SGP2. Um, he'll be going <laughs> flying through the ranks. But um, no, it's it's really sweet that. And, uh, you know, it's, it's great. It's a great, nice little touch for somebody. You know, Harris deserves it. I mean when you think about how long he's been doing it and he still remains really enthusiastic. And I think it rubs off on people around him. You know, there's no doubt about that, but um, no, he's had a terrific run of form and had a smashing season. He's, he's got, he's had a season that he rightly should be very proud of. So um, uh, um, uh, congratulations to him. But um, I think before we wrap up on this, I, I'd just like to say well done to Sheffield Speedway. Simon Stead clearly was so determined to win he pulled it off. They were overjoyed having come so close the previous year, which was desperately disappointing for them. And the first time in their history winning the Premiership, it's a special moment for that club. So uh, Damien, Mark and Simon and all the all concerned, Peter Mole. It's a good, it's a good team of people there. Yeah, they've been solid all all, uh, all season up until the injuries, of course. But I think you know guests and all this kind of stuff. You know that that's part of the sport. You know, it's part of the skills of the promoters of the team managers to to identify, you know, those replacements as well. And and one of those was uh, was Chris Harris. And uh, just to round things off, it has been the year of the Tiger uh, with uh, the Sheffield Tigers and the Glasgow Tigers winning the top two leagues. And what binds them together was uh, the uh, the rider to uh, help seal it for both sides, for both sets of Tigers, was, of course, Chris Harris, as we, uh, as we round things off as we started. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, no, good, good times. And as I say, brilliant for both of them. So as I, I, I didn't see the, the Glasgow one, but, but the way Sheffield came back, I, I, I felt for Chris Louie and Richie Hawkins, you know, that was tough to take, but they were, they were very, very gracious in defeat. And I'm sure they re- reflect on their season with more positives than negatives. That's for sure. And I'd like very much to see, you know, Emil Saifutinov has been a joy to watch this year overall. He really has. So, um, and I know he's very keen to come back, so let's, let's keep our fingers crossed that that can happen. Kelvin Tatum, and there's more of him on his own podcast called Tatum Talks. If you, if you search Tatum Talks Speedway on any podcast app, you'll find it. Uh, myself and uh, Kelvin also chatting about the Grand Prix series, Kelvin's thoughts on the wild cards for 2024, and much more besides. Uh, you'll get that uh, later this week. And... Um, probably get that out on thursday or friday i would have thought so look out for that one in the final part of no breaks no fear we'll hear a little chat with andrew bain one of the co-promoters at workington who've announced that they are stepping up to the championship that's in the next part of no breaks no fear no breaks no fear the official british speedway podcast in this final part then, just a roundup of everything else that we've not touched on so far, starting with Workington, who've confirmed they will step up from the National Development League to the Championship next season and bring senior speedway to Northside for the first time. Promoter Andrew Bain spoke in the interval of the uh, National League Riders' Championship to confirm the news. I'm going to take Workington back where they used to be where we're at in 2018 so next year we'll be uh, back in the championship I think we can tell by the the, uh, the cheers that the, the fans are really really pleased about that was there any reasons for you going up because I think halfway through the season you, you still wanted to stop in the National League yeah I wanted to stay in the National League but then uh, yeah they've just uh, the BSPA have been in talks with us on that and uh, they want us to go up so yeah, and uh, I think, yeah, give fans some of the bit extra and, yeah, we're going to go and do it. Well, certainly, and uh, when you think of next season, you're going to have the likes of Glasgow, Edinburgh, Berwick, Redcar here for local derbies, as they, as they are such. That is such a, a big draw for you, isn't it? Yeah, it's going to be a good draw. Hopefully, we'll get plenty of away fans coming and that, and, yeah, it'll be uh, some good racing. The, the, the word of Northside Arena is getting out there and about how good the track is and how good the racing is. Yeah, everywhere you go, you hear your fans talking about it and how good it is and how good the racing is, and, yeah, I just want to keep on progressing. 
Working to making the step up, well, also stepping up was Connor Bailey because at that meeting he was the champion of the National Development League, winning the NDLRC with a 15-point maximum on his home track of uh, Workington. Uh, the class of the field on the day, roaring to five straight wins to finish three points clear of the Edinburgh duo Max Clegg and Jacob Hook on 12. Clegg winning the runoff for second place. Speaking uh, after the meeting then, the new champion Connor Bailey had a chat with Hayley Bromley on BSN. Yeah, no, it's, it was been a good meeting. I, I made five gates, which is unheard of for me, so that's positive, I guess. And uh, yeah, the track was really nice and the bike was working, so did what it needed to do, didn't it? Absolutely. Well, if anyone knows the quickest way around this circuit, it's yourself. You are the track record holder. You stormed to a 15-point maximum to earn your crown. What a year it's been for you. Yeah, it's a nice way to sign off. I've, I've still got the one meeting to go at the uh, Silver Helmet, but... Yeah, it's a good way to sign off for Workington and, uh, you know, see the season out. I've, I've enjoyed riding in front of him every week and uh, just putting on a good show. It, it's such a nice track to ride and, uh, yeah, no, I've enjoyed every second this year. Absolutely. And how will you be celebrating your latest title win? <laughs> I've actually got some catch-up celebrations to do from the under-21, so <laughs> it might be a bit of a double-header going on. But, no, I do have work tomorrow, so I can't go too hard. Uh, ah. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see it out. And, uh, yeah, it's been a good, good meeting today. Certainly was good. He was lightning out the starts and uh, sets himself up nicely heading into 2024. So looking at the week ahead, as far as the fixtures are concerned, not many left now in British Speedway, of course. And, uh, well, bit of a washout for Wednesday. No Speedway on Wednesday. Everything that was planned then uh, has been moved, I believe. Um, Friday, Teesside Silver Helmet is set to take place at Redcar at 7.30. I guess I have to wait and see on the weather because we do have weather warnings right across the northeast until Saturday morning, I think it is. So we'll we'll wait for confirmation on that one, of course. Watch out for official notification either way on the Red Car Bears social media. On to Saturday, then we've got the Championship Knockout Cup final the second leg, which has been moved from Wednesday to Saturday between the Pool Pirates and the Scunthorpe Scorpions. There was due to be a fixture for Leicester on Saturday. That's now been moved to Sunday, and indeed Leicester are having a double header on Sunday, starting at 3pm at uh, Beaumont Park, the Pitcock Motorcycles Arena. At 3pm, uh, first up, we've got the NDL Grand Final between the Lion Cubs and the Oxford Chargers. Uh, this is going to be followed by the rearranged second leg of the uh, Knockout Cup Final between the Leicester Cubs and Mildenhall, which was postponed last Saturday. So uh, both are going to be taking place on Sunday. Uh, that's because the weather warning, the weather forecast is still uh, set to be a bit dodgy, to say the least, on Saturday. So um, no action at Leicester on Saturday. It's all happening on Sunday with uh, back-to-back meetings, uh, double-header for, uh, for that one. Uh, and then looking ahead to how the, the rest of things are... Uh, panning out as far as uh, the fixture picture is concerned uh, next Monday we've got the farewell to Monmore the wheel meet again trophy last ever fixture at Wolverhampton uh, you do need to be able to produce a ticket from a previous meeting to get into that one uh, just so that the uh, you know people who have been there and the, the genuine local supporters I guess you'd say uh, get their chance to go in uh, or people who have been to a fixture already this season. Uh, and then on Wednesday, we've got the British Under-19 final at Birmingham at 7.30 and the Championship Jubilee League final uh, officially brings down the uh, curtain on the season at Poole as well between Poole and Leicester, 7.30 at Wimborne Road. And that is your lot for this week on No Breaks, No Fear. We'll be back with uh, something next week, potentially, depending on how many meetings actually happen. Uh, but if not, we'll certainly uh, bring you something at the end of the season and also maybe a plan to do something after the uh, AGM, which is just around the corner as well. So we've got a few more episodes uh, still to come on British Speedway's official podcast. And don't forget to check out the previous episodes as well, not least the one from just the other day. It's actually with two episodes in a week, really, effectively, this because uh, on uh, just into the weekend we brought you a, no, a new episode with uh, the Glasgow title winners Peter Fasena, Chris Harris and Lee Complin if you've not checked that out yet that's the, the next episode in the list after this one and we'll catch you next time on No Breaks No Fear No Breaks No Fear the official British Speedway podcast
Social Podcast Network.